Override procedures have been initiated. Uplink beginning in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Systems are coming back online. Quarantine protocol expires in 2 minutes. Uploading power to the 44th floor. Connecting to available satellites. Commencing override. Philadelphia, Croatia, Santa Barbara, United Kingdom now connected. Final stage Las Vegas. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Override and upload complete. RCS Power Grid is operating on full power. Ah, check this out. Definitely recognize that by now. That's brand new from our boys in council. Good stuff. Get Numb, we've been playing that now for uh, about two weeks. Good stuff. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Rockin' Comedy Show, episode number 1,224. Yeah, they just keep going. There's no stopping us. Uh, I am solo today, but it's going to be a great show, because coming up next hour, we have Heath Harrison. A great comic, 
very funny. Uh, I have been working on him to get on the show for a while, and his schedule is so crazy when he's doing stand-up that it's uh, almost impossible. He's got a great podcast, uh, just a real fun guy. So now with this uh, pandemic, uh, lockdown, quarantine, not a lot of shows and things going on, I'm able to lock him down. So uh, he's going to be here next hour. While he's here, we're going to play a new game that I've come up with called Is It a Sex Toy or a Karma Sutra Position? (laughs) Yeah, so we'll see how well he does with that. And uh, we'll do the classic, of course. Is it a romance novel or the title of a porn? I've got some music that I'm going to be playing for you, stuff I want to hear and rock out to, stuff in the news that we're going to be talking out, much, much more. But let's get back into some music. This is a great cover of Sex and Candy. Here's Unions, Radio Vegas.rocks. Surely 
appropriate I guess for right now happening out there Sting history will teach us nothing unions edit that with their cover of sex and candy normally done by uh, Marcy's playground 
It's a rockin' comedy show, episode number 1,224. Coming up, Heath Harrison's uh, going to be on the show. Very funny dude. We're going to talk with him. we got some games to play. Uh, and much, much more. I am solo today in the studio, which means I'm pantsless. Well, until our guest gets here. <laughs> Earlier uh, today, it was announced that uh, Rob Reiner passed away at the age of 98. Very funny man. Lots of good stuff that he's leaving behind. Uh, what I'm going to play for you now before we go into a break is uh, the very first recording of the sketch of a 2,000-year-old man with Mel Brooks and uh, Carl Reiner. I said Rob Reiner. It's Carl Reiner. And uh, Rob Reiner's still alive. Uh, but uh, here it is. It's uh, the 2,000-year-old man. About four days ago, a plane landed at Idlewild Airport. The plane came from the Middle East, bearing a man who claims to be 2,000 years old. He spent the last six days at the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> Sir, is it true that you are 2,000 years old? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yes. You are too... Uh, it's hard to believe, sir, because in the history of man, nobody's ever lived more than 167 years as the man from Peru would claim to be. Uh, but you claim to be 2,000. Yes, I'll be... I'm not yet. I'll be... I'll be... Uh, 2000 October 16th. <laughs> yes. You will be 2000. Where, when were you born? We uh, didn't have uh, formal uh, years and names in, in writing. We didn't know. I see. And what? Nobody kept time then. See, we didn't know, we didn't write, we just. Sat around, we pointed in the sky and we said, Whoa, hot boy, you know? That's all you said? We didn't even know it was the sun, we thought. You mean you really didn't know we anything? We didn't know anything. We were so dumb and stupid. <laughs> Sir. We didn't know who was a lady. <laughs> but they weren't. Well, they was with us. We but didn't know who they were. You know? <laughs> We didn't know who was the you, ladies and who was fellas. You, you thought know? it was they were just different type of yes, fellas. Yes, stronger or smaller or yes, softer. The softer ones, I think, were ladies all the time. <laughs> what, what, what? How did you find out what that they were ladies? A cute fat guy could you could have mistaken him for a lady. You know? Soft and cute. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. <laughs> Who was Bernie? Bernie, one of the first leaders of, the, of our group. And he discovered the female. Yes. How did that happen? He How said, did it come hey, to pass? There's, there's ladies here. <laughs> I'm very interested to find out how Bernie discovered the woman. Well, he... How did he, it come to pass? He, one morning, he got up smiling. <laughs> so, he said, I think there's ladies here. <laughs> so I said, what do you mean, you know? So he said... Because in the night, I was thrilled and delighted, see? <laughs> so then he went into such a story that it's hundreds of years later, I still blushed. Sir, uh, could you give us the secret of your longevity? Well, the major thing, the major thing is that I never, ever touch fried food. <laughs> I don't eat it, I wouldn't look at it, and I don't touch it. And and they uh, never run for a bus, there'll always be another. Even if, even if you're late from work, you know, I never run for a bus, I never ran, I just strolled jaunty, jolly, walking to the bus stop, you know? Yeah, well, there were no buses in the time no, of uh, in my No, in my time, I mean, I... Uh, what was the means of transportation then? Mostly fear. 
Fear transported you? Fear, yes. You would see an animal would, would growl. You would go two miles in a minute. But I suppose you had... Fear would be the main propulsion. Yes, but I think most people are interested in living a long and fruitful life as yes. you have. You mentioned... Fruit is good, too. You mentioned fruit. <laughs> fruit it... kept me going for 140 years once when I was, I was on a very strict diet, mainly nectarines. I love that fruit. It's a half a peach, half a plum. Sorry. Such a hell of a fruit. I love it. Not too cold, not too hot, you know, just nice. What has been Even your... our rotten one is good. <laughs> That's how much I love them. I'd rather eat a rotten nectarine than a fine plum. What do you think of that? I can understand that. Yes, that's how much I love them. Yes, I can understand that. Yes, yes. Sir? Some good things. Sir, what uh, did you do for a living? Well, many years ago, thousands of years ago, there was no heavy industry. We know that. The most uh, things that we manufactured or we made, the most things that we ever made was uh, we would make, uh, take a piece of wood, see, and rub it and, and rub it and clean it and look at it and hit earth with it and hit a tree with it. For what purpose? Just to keep busy. There was nothing. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing to do. We had no jobs, don't you see? What other jobs were there? <laughs> There must have been something else beside hitting a tree with a no, piece of that, stick. That, well, hitting a tree with a piece of stick was already a good job. <laughs> you couldn't get that job, you know? What job? Mainly was sitting and looking in the sky was a big job. And another job was watching each other was one thing. <laughs> that was light work, looking at each other. Uh, what uh, language did you speak at that time? They spoke uh, uh, rock, basic rock. Basic rock. Yeah. That was before Hebrew. Yeah, well, it was 200 years before Hebrew. was the rock language or rock talk. Could you give us an example yes. of that? Uh, hey, you put that, don't throw that rock at me. You put that rock at me. Hey, you know, what are you doing with the rock there? Call a policeman, for God's I sake. See. Put that rock away. I see. That was the rock. Now, do you remember, do you remember your Hebrew, sir? Yes, I, I, Would you I think I remember it fluently. Because I understand the modern Hebrew is different from the uh, Yes, it differs in some of the phonetic alliterations and patterns. Yes. yes. Can, can we hear an example of the ancient Hebrew? Uh, the very ancient Hebrew is... Uh, Oh, hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hello there, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? That's English. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, Do you remember any Hebrew? Very little, I think. <laughs> I don't think I remember it. I must have forgot a great deal of it. <laughs> I think you forgot it all, sir. Maybe all, yes. yes. Maybe yeah. all. Yes. It's thousands of years since I needed it. In <laughs> Now, Not sir, did you, ever, did you ever have any formal job, as we know it today? Yeah, well, I was a manufacturer. I was an owner. What kind of a factory did you have? I had a... Uh, I used to make the Star of David, the Jewish stars. I was one of the first makers oh, of Oh, yes, that. the little soon thing as you wear. As said, a... uh, yeah, as soon as religion came in, I was one of the first in that. And, uh, how... I figured this is a good thing. Yes, and how did you make them? Did you have tools? Well, we didn't have uh, lathes. I employed six men. See, each with a point. <laughs> and they used to run together in the middle of the factory. And in their great speeds, they would fuse the thing. And it would Thus make, making a star. Yes, we would make two a day because of the many accidents. <laughs> we'd have six men running at high oh. speed with points. You know, plenty of accidents. You never thought of going into anything else? No, I had an offer once. What a was fella that? came to me, Simon. What did Simon ask you to do? He said, if you have a new thing, a new item, a winner, it looks like a winning item that is going to be a big seller. It's called a cross. <laughs> and uh, I looked at it and I turned it over and I looked in all sides of it. 
And I said, uh, it's simple. It's too simple. I didn't know then it was eloquent. Oh. <laughs> you mean you... No, I didn't know it would be such turned, a hit. You turned him down. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm too busy. Uh, see, I could, have, I could have fired four men. Two men run together. Bang, you got a cross. <laughs> see, I could have saved. I would, well, I I would have had over $100 today if I went in with crosses. Because they're in everywhere today. By the way, sir, uh, are you married? I have been married several hundred times. <laughs> several hundred yes. times? Yes. You have been married? Do you remember all your wives? One I remember well. <laughs> Which one was that? The third one, Shirley. <laughs> I remember her, her redhead. Uh, I'm afraid to ask the next question. You had many hundreds of wives. Hundreds and hundreds of wives. How many children, children do you have? I have over 42,000 children. <laughs> and not one comes to visit me in <laughs> afternoon oh, to say, yes, you bet. How they forget a father, sure. That's how they... That's awful, sir. It's really... You mean to say there isn't one daughter that Many favors daughters, you? Many daughters, but, but they, you know how they are. Children, good luck to them. Let them go and be happy. I don't want... Listen, let them be happy. As long as they're happy, I don't care. But they could... Send a note and write, how you pop, how you doing, pop, you know? Something. No, no they don't. Sir, um, you must have known some great men in your time. You did travel throughout I the world. I knew the great and the near great. Could I ask you about some of these? Certainly. I'll tell you the true, the true whether I knew or not. For instance, people are, people are very interested in somebody like Joan of Arc. A lot has been written about her, and we read a lot uh, about her. Ah, what a cutie. Joan of Arc. You knew Joan of Arc. I went with her, dummy. I went with her. Nowhere in history do we uh, know of Joan going with anybody. Well, they don't print that. <laughs> they don't print everything. You didn't marry her? No, no, I didn't marry her because she was on a mission, you know. Yes. She when used she to say to me, she used to say to me, uh, I gotta say friends. I used to say, I, look, I gotta wash up. You say friends. <laughs> see you later. After you'll say friends, I'll wash up, you know. How did you Paul feel? Paul and her me and mine. Yes. You know? How did you feel about her being burnt at the stake? Terrible. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, sir, how about some of the legendary characters who supposedly might have existed? For instance, Robin Hood. Did he exist? Oh, yeah. Lovely man. You, Ran around in the forest. Did he really steal from the rich and give to the poor? No, he didn't. He didn't? He stole from everybody and kept everything. <laughs> That's well, how did legend... How did legend? How did legend spring up that he was... He had a fellow Marty. Marty, the press agent, ran in all the papers and wrote in scrolls. He took from the rich and gave to the poor. Who knew? Who knew? He'd give you such a knock in the head when he robbed you, you wouldn't remember anything. So in other words, uh, we... He was a tough guy. I hate to have our, our legendary figures smashed like well, this. Well, I hate to smash them for you. <laughs> yes. Well, did you, you... You've lived so long. Did you ever have an accident in all this time? Some an accident always. An accident. Oh, an accident. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, in the, in the year 61, I was hit, uh, I was run over by seven men fleeing a lion. They ran me over. And that, that's the extent of all the... But they didn't have insurance, I didn't have insurance. <laughs> there was no such thing then, uh, so you laid there till you got back. What amazed that. In the 2,000 years you've lived, you've seen yes, a lot of changes. I certainly have. What is the biggest change you've seen? In 2,000 years... The greatest thing mankind ever devised, that I think, in my humble opinion, is saran wrap. 
You can put a sandwich in it, you can look through it, you can touch it and put it over your face and pull around and everything. It's so good and cute, you can wrap it up. You equate this I love with... it. You can put three olives in it and put a little one. You can put ten sandwiches in it and make a picture of it. Whatever you want, it clings and it sticks. It's you great. equate this you with... You can this... look right through it. You equate this with man's discovery of space? That was good. <laughs> that was good. That, that was a good thing. Well, space, sir, uh, we space. don't have too much more time, but we all here would like to know... Hey everybody, Brendan from the Brendan and Kevin Show here, and I am here to talk to you about the Cush NC noise-canceling headphones from Kicker Audio. Now, I just purchased a pair of these bad boys, and I gotta say, these things are so awesome. And to prove how awesome they are, I have traveled all the way to Germany to this really loud and terrible polka fest, and I want to click on this button right now to show you how good they are. So, with this little click, and just like that, all the noise is gone. These things are so awesome, and you can only get them at kicker.com. So I want you to go to kicker.com and check them out. They have some of the best headphones around. So if you're like me and do a lot of audio from home, home recording, uh, live radio, anything of that sort, go check these out. But Kicker doesn't just do headphones. They got your car covered. They got your power sports covered. They even got your boat covered. Who doesn't want a kick-ass sound system in their boat when they go out to Lake Mead and throw an awesome boat party? So go check them out. Kicker.com. Tell them RadioVegas.rock sent you. In the meantime, I got to find my way home. I don't know how I'm going to get back from Germany in time for the show. But until then, see you later. Moments CBD is a local business in North Las Vegas with essential natural CBD products that helps with pain, anxiety, inflammation, and so much more. Their team of experts can help you with all your CBD needs. Moments CBD also carries washable medical masks and hand sanitizer with 70% alcohol, vitamin E, and aloe. Moments is having an amazing deal for June. 50% off all immune-boosting CBD products for you and your pets. Mention the Radio Vegas Rocks ad for the special. Located on 1311 West Craig Road at the Home Depot Shopping Center. Call 702-463-1616 for more info. They care about your health. Big or small, they do them all. It's Motor Mission, family-owned and operated machine and radiator shop. At Motor Mission, they offer complete radiator rod and repairing, rebuilding, replacements, and manufacturing all in-house. They also provide complete machine shop services, including engine rebuilding, valve jobs, surfacing, milling, boring, honing, balancing, thermal cleaning, blasting, hot tanking, broken bolt removal, antique restoration, and much more. If you need a custom radiator with electric fans and a fan shroud built for your custom project, they can do that too. Motor Mission works on anything foreign and domestic for autos, industrials, RVs, heavy equipment, power sports, antiques, marine, racing, street rods, hot rods, stationary gen sets or power units, and large mining equipment. Motor Mission is at 5435 Desert Point Drive. Call 702-649-2366 or visit MotorMission.com. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. 
What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-430-7568. 800-430-7568. That's 800-430-7568. Hey, listen up, guys. I'm here to tell you about Ball Wash. That's right. Ball Wash wants you to stay clean, smell great, and be fresh. Let's face it. It gets a little funky down there. Nobody likes it. Likes it. So Ball Wash, it's all about quality grooming products for men that work hard, play harder, and care what they put on their body. Ball Wash, Sack Spray, and Nut Rub are the ultimate trio to keep your package in perfect condition. I gotta tell you, I was skeptical at first, but I tried the Ball Wash, you know, for your nuts, butt, and body with activated charcoal, and it is a feeling like no other. But it's cool, because they've also got the Sack Spray. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they don't disguise what it is. It's definitely for the sack, and uh, it's awesome, because it neutralizes odor, and irritation. We know it gets a little hot and gummy down there. It's disgusting, right? We're disgusting. Uh, and they've also got the nut rub. You gotta love the nut rub. Ballwash.com is where you're gonna want to go. You're gonna want to enter the coupon code Radio Vegas. You're gonna get 15% off. Gotta check them out. Guys, it is totally worth it. Get Ballwash today. Go to Ballwash.com. Coupon code, remember it, Radio Vegas, and you're gonna get 15% off. Totally awesome 80s. Hi, I'm Kent Jones with the pop, rock, and party hits of the 80s. And what a party it's going to be this week. It's going to be a totally tubular, trip-indicular party right here. Totally awesome 80s. With Kent Jones. Hey, this is Laura Palmer from Screamin' Rebel Angels. Did you know what's an avocado's favorite music? It's guac and roll, baby. <laughs> You're listening to the Rock and Comedy Show on Radio Vegas. Rocks. There is something on your mind. I can tell by the way you look at me. There's something on your mind. Now, baby.
said it last night. I'll say it every time. She knows how to sing. Yeah, that's uh, screaming a rebel angels and uh, God damn, what what vocals on that? It is the Rock and Comedy Show. You're listening to us live here, at Radio Vegas Rocks, as well as Philly Rock Radio. It's episode number one thousand two hundred and twenty-four. Coming up, we have a very funny guy. Very funny guy. How funny? Here's a clip. I got two kids, man. I love my kids. Ten-year-old uh, boy, eight-year-old daughter. Uh, my daughter, she's gorgeous, man. Blonde hair, blue eyes, gorgeous little girl. I remember when she was four. Oh, she was so cute, right? She loved me, right? She had little chubby cheeks, right? And she was so sweet until she didn't get what she wanted. Right? <laughs> Never failed. Right before bedtime, she looked at me because she knows I'm weak, right? <laughs> she put on the face and the voice, right? She looked at me, she'd be like, <clears throat> right before bedtime you'll be up all night no you can't have any candy then she turned into Gollum from Lord of the Rings the little evil creature in the mountain right she's like but I want to sleep Dad. I want to sleep oh he hates Daddy he hates him oh he loves Daddy he gives us candy sometimes no he hates him yeah yeah, yeah. Then her head would spin around and puke juice all over me. But now she's eight. She's evolved. She's gotten smarter, right? She's gotten smarter. So now she still asks right before bedtime if she can have candy. She's just like, Daddy, can I have some candy? Wait, no, sweetie, you can't have candy right before bedtime. We've been through this. No, you can't have any candy. No, go to bed. Okay, Daddy. <laughs> was that? She's gonna kill me in my sleep. What's going on, man? So here's the thing. I'm doing laundry the next day, right? Because I'm like Mr. Mom when I'm home. I do the laundry, right? And I get there and I'm doing the laundry. My wife's been teaching my daughter how to journal, write her feelings down and stuff, right? So I go by the room to drop off some laundry. I see the journal on the bed, right? I know the moms in here are like, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Any father in here would, right, sir? You know. There's a lock on that thing, you're blowing that baby open and you're looking inside, right? So I'm flipping through the journal. What? She's eight, you know what I mean? What's she... Flipping through, I'm looking. There's all these accounts of daddy saying no. It's like, no, no, daddy said no, no candy, no candy, no dad, no, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she hates me, right? And then I get to the last page and apparently she's got a crush on some boy named Robbie who gets her candy at school. Right, so now I'm saying no at home and she's getting on the side of school. Some little jerk named Robbie. Now I'm losing my daughter to some eight-year-old kid. So I'm freaking out. So next day I'm walking her to school. Daddy daughter moment, she's holding my hand, you know. Then I just hear this, hi Robbie. And then everything goes slow motion, just boom. And there he is, little Robbie. This stupid little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, cute kid, right? And he has the audacity to look at me and be like, hi, Mr. Harmison. I'm like, oh, Robbie. Right? That was in my head, by the way. That'd be really creepy at an elementary school. Right? So this kid's messed me up. I know what he looks like now. All right? I know what he looks like. And I know his game. All right? 
But I'm sitting at home. I'm stewing about this all day long. My daughter's at school. Finally, she comes home all excited from school, right? She gets in. She's like, Daddy, 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 can I? I'm like, yes, yes, whatever it is, yes. You can have it. I love you so much. Just come back to me. I love you so much. She's like, really, Daddy? She gets on my lap. She kisses me on the cheek. Any fathers know that a daughter kisses you on the cheek? It's over, right? She just melts me. She gets off the lap. She goes in the other room to tell my wife. All excited, she's like, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy said yes. He said yes. Robbie could come over. I'm like, no, Robbie. <laughs> Dirty kid born in the end. Very funny guy, and he's going to be on the show next hour. Heath Harmison, good stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I've been trying to get him on for a while, so it's going to be pretty awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun, lots of stuff to talk about. Here's some new music that we premiered for you last night on the Rockin' Comedy Show. It is uh, a band called North of Never, and here they are with The River.
small they do them all it's motor mission family owned and operated machine and radiator shop at motor mission they offer complete radiator rod and repairing rebuilding replacements and manufacturing all in-house they also provide complete machine shop services including engine rebuilding valve jobs surfacing milling boring honing balancing thermal cleaning blasting hot tanking broken bolt removal antique restoration and much more if you need a custom radiator with electric fans and a fan shroud built for your custom project they can do that too Motor Mission works on anything foreign and domestic for autos, industrials, RVs, heavy equipment, power sports, antiques, marine, racing, street rods, hot rods, stationary gen sets or power units, and large mining equipment. Motor Mission is at 5435 Desert Point Drive. Call 702-649-2366 or visit MotorMission.com. Moments CBD is a local business in North Las Vegas with essential natural CBD products that helps with pain, anxiety, inflammation, and so much more. Their team of experts can help you with all your CBD needs. Moments CBD also carries washable medical masks and hand sanitizer with 70% alcohol, vitamin E, and aloe. Moments is having an amazing deal for June. 50% off all immune-boosting CBD products for you and your pets. Mention the Radio Vegas Rocks ad for the special. Located on 1311 West Craig Road at the Home Depot Shopping Center. Call 702-463-1616 for more info. They care about your health. These wheels are real exciting and bear my name, Evil Knievel. Hi, it's Waz from Greasy Conversation. Did you know the pioneering stuntman Evil Knievel, the world record motorcycle jumping father of extreme sports himself, lives on spiritually in the satiny dough and hearty brick cheese of the pizza that bears his name? Evil Knievel. Evil Pie, that's E-V-E-L, on glistening East Fremont Street in the heart of downtown Las Vegas. They've been thriving here since back in 2016 because unlike our hero, it's not dangerous. The flavor isn't even risky, but it is braggadocious. I get the world famous Snake River special with a rattlesnake sausage. Honestly, it's great, I do love it, and it makes me feel like a mighty conqueror of perilous beasts. Vegans, don't tune me out. This place is known for their vegan pizza too, so get over there. Just make sure you check the RadioVegas.rocks app first. That app will have new specials just for RadioVegas.rocks listeners. Show them the app and satisfy your lust for excitement. 
The Rockin' Comedy Show. It's like an unwanted finger in your butt. You hate the idea of it, but just give it a try. Yeah, just give it a try. You'll like it. <laughs> you won't openly admit it, <laughs> but you'll definitely uh, like it. Hey, everybody, it's the Rockin' Comedy Show. Welcome to Hour 2, live on RadioVegas.rocks, as well as Philly Rock Radio. And uh, it is time for the laughs to start. Heath Harmison is here, everybody. Yay! What's up? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Well, I'm doing as good as you can do in this uh, world we live in at this point. Right. But, you know, I'm, it's, I'm alive. And that's uh, that's all we can hope for right yeah. now. Yeah. Every day. It's Every. A, a new adventure when you open the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you are, uh, you are from Twin Falls. Twin Falls, Idaho. Were you yeah. born there? I was born there. Born in the hospital, there. Okay. Uh, I have to say that because in Idaho, a lot of people are born at home. Right. Uh, my wife was born in her kitchen. So in Idaho. In Idaho. In Twin Falls. In, uh, actually, in a small town called Richfield, Idaho. Okay. Okay. Um, she comes from a really small town. Uh, Twin Falls is the big city area. Right. Uh, I was born in Pocatello. Okay, so you know. Yeah, I was born in Pocatello. <clears throat> So you, so you grew get up it. in American Falls. That's where my dad was born. Trailer park capital of yeah. Idaho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I my my dad went from trailer to a nicer trailer in Twin Falls, and then when I was born, he still stayed in that trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I get the trailer living. It's weird. The last time I was in Idaho before I moved my dad down here, I went to uh, I went to American Falls to see the old. Trailer park and the trailer we lived in was still there. No, yeah, it was. Like, yeah, it was like, can you at least update it? <laughs> at least they did, they they redid the carpet. Yeah, maybe. I think they took the paneling out. That's it might it. have still had the shag <laughs> carpet. <laughs> they rake it up. Yeah, fine. So you uh, did you, did you grow up in Twin Falls or? Did you yeah, I grew up. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Twin Falls. I was I lived there till I was probably twenty two. Okay. Uh, then uh, tried to get out of. Of there for a little bit doing some, uh, I mean, well, I had done some stand-up a little bit around Twin, um, but then I got into door-to-door home security sales and actually did a summer sales deal in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a great place to do door-to-door sales in the summer. Right. Yeah. The weather's perfect. Oh, it's perfect for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I got heat. I got, like, heat. I don't know if I got, like, a mild case of heat stroke or, or but i got sick for like two weeks yeah so i don't know if it was mild or not but i didn't have insurance so i, I didn't like, think anything could get hotter than vegas and then i visited phoenix in the oh, summer yeah it is and it your is shoes literally melt on the on the asphalt oh yeah walking. It's, i begged people just to let me come in their house hookers like, in the you? dirty hotels just sit in the ice ice tray like just cooling hey, off yeah it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad <laughs> oh man, if you're getting hookers in Phoenix, Arizona in the summertime. Whew. Well, you know, desperate times. Desperate times. times. Yeah. We all have to make a living. It's, it's <laughs> steamy for sure. Yeah. Uh, most of my family is in Idaho Falls now. Okay. So I performed in Idaho Falls, uh, Pinecrest Inn. Right. It is behind the golf a course. Hotel. Well, there's this hotel. It's in a hotel. Uh,. The pepper tree or something like pepper that. Pepper tree. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, get shot or shanked in that place. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cheap booze, though. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was something special, that place. Yeah. That, every comic that comes out of, like, either Utah, Idaho, kind of in that area, 
has a story about that venue. Yeah. Because it is just, it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody plays there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah every, a lot of people play The there. open mic there is usually pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's not bad. Well, it's just one of those things, like, the, the crowds are talkative, and it's a, it's a free show. So yeah. it's like people will just come in and, then, you know, they don't have rules or anything. It's and like, when it's snowing, there's not a lot to do, really? No. So no. you just go there. All you can do is go into a drunken stupor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fall as yeah. cold as balls. That should be their slogan. Yeah. I don't yeah. fall as cold as balls. Cold as balls. Yeah, it's, it yeah. gets pretty cold there. Yeah. Phoenix, hot as balls. And and Phoenix is hot as balls. <laughs> we're getting two, <laughs> two, two sides of the world. So how old were you when you decided to do stand up? Um, let's see, I was, I, yeah, I was about 22, 20, 21, 22. Uh, I'd always wanted to try it. Um, I was going to college and it was, uh, I was going to be a nurse, which, you know, I was, I've been wanting to do something in the medical field forever, but, um, so that's what I was going to do. I was going to just go in and I was too stupid to be a doctor. Not saying that I nurses are stupid, or, <laughs> but I but it's thought half the work. It was it was it was less school, yeah. you know. And I still want to do something that kind of that help people. I like I always knew so I was going to do something that way. So I was going to school, and there was an open mic at the at the college, and so some buddies of mine said I needed to do this open mic. So I jumped on it, and my first open mic. It was just at you know just at the college, so it was there's no clubs in Twin Falls, right? So yeah. I do the show. Uh, it went fairly well. I did 20 minutes my first go at it, which is a long time. Now you I'm had 20 it, minutes with the material your first time. Man, I just got up there and started talking. Like I didn't, oh. I had ideas like you know, right, and I never, I still have yet to write a full joke out. You know, there's comics that have to write it out word for word. I bullet point my ideas. If I try and... I would think that's easier. Yeah, I, it comes across as more, you know, just authentic, I think. You know, yeah. so... Um, so, yeah, I did 20 minutes. Now, I'm not saying it was all good. Um, I filmed it. I watched it. I watched it a few years ago. Wanted to stab myself in the eyes and ears. And it, was, it just was so bad. It was so bad. I don't know why the people were laughing, but... <laughs> it got me to go back the next week to this open mic. Yeah. Did it again. And then the uh, activities coordinator for the college was there in the audience. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm wanting to set up a, an event for the school. Would you want to do a comedy show for the, for the college? And I'm like, I, I, I get, I'm sure. He's <laughs> like, we'll put you in the, in the theater. And it was a thousand seat theater. Put you in the theater. And uh, he's like, could you do, I don't know, could you do like an hour? I'm like, <laughs> uh, he's like, we'll pay you. I'm like, all what? At, you're like an hour all at once? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, we, we'll pay you. And uh, I was like, we'll pay you 300 bucks. So I'm like, 300 bucks to tell jokes? Yeah, I'll do it. So <laughs> this show ended up happening. Uh, let's see. It was about, it was. So it was the second week that I'd done comedy. They started, they did that show two weeks after that. So from that point that he asked me, two weeks. And I was like, okay, so I got next week to do the open mic and, and kind of figure out some of that. Because I, I had thought at that point that comics did different material every time they got up there. Yeah. 
So the second time, I did another 20 minutes. I did 40 minutes of material. So because the guy at the open mic, I asked him how much time I was supposed to do. He's just like, just do whatever you want. So I was like, okay. I just got up there and did it. So I had 40 minutes. So now I, you know, got to get another 20 minutes of material. Right. So I tried to go to this open mic the next week, and it was canceled. And so I couldn't do the show. <laughs> I didn't get to work out anything. So my third time doing stand-up comedy, 800 students show up to an auditorium to watch me do stand-up comedy for an hour. Shit and bricks of this. My third time. <laughs> I invited my parents, but you know, friends, family, and stuff. Yeah. I was so nervous, man. I, I was. It was. It went better than I thought it would. My dad was in the back of the room. I could see him pacing because the theater was had like a row, of, you know, a whole section of seats, and then a gap, and then an old, another whole set. And my dad is in the middle of there, just pacing back and forth, dry heaving in the back of the room. <laughs> He's so nervous for me. He can't. I'm like, Dad, you gotta sit down. You're dry. You're ruining the show. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was. So that's kind of how my comedy journey started. Yeah. And. Uh, Ever since then, I just kind of knew I wanted to do something with comedy. Didn't know I'd actually get to do it for a living. Thought I'd open up a comedy club, maybe, because I was kind of business-minded. Yeah. Just changed my major to business. Thought I'd open up a comedy club. Found out that's terrible. Uh, it's like running a comedy club. It's awful. Oh, it's awful. You're a bar yeah. or a restaurant owner that does comedy. I did uh, I did sound at the uh, Brea Improv. I, learned, I just learned how to do it. And... Uh, I used to watch these comics come in and just bitch and bitch yep. and get right in the Freaking right in the demons. man the booking's face and I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to do that. Yeah. And I started. I was in, when I was in college. I start, I just uh, it was close to the improv, so I went over there and said, hey man, I just uh, you know I'm just I just want to intern. I'm doing radio and I want I want to interview comics. So can I just you know go to the green room and interview comics? Yeah. And so they let me do that. You know, and then at the end of the night they were like. Hey, why don't you learn how to, you know, put cords away and mics and blah? And so I just started doing that. And yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I swear I met like Steve McGrew. I met all these guys, Papa oh, yeah. Francisco, all these dudes, because they're just hanging out. And so I'm interviewing them and all these people and, and like on the college radio station. Like, how are you getting these guys? I'm like, I work there. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm interning over at the, and I'd always, I like, I was always interested in comedy, but I'm like, I didn't know if I wanted to do stand up, which wasn't like, but right. the timing was what I was interested in. I was like, some of these guys, man, just bam, bam, so quick. bam. You know, and they're amazing. And I've yeah. seen some really good guys do it. Cracks me up here. There's a, there's some really good local guys here in town. But then they, I've met some local guys that are like, yeah, I just tell jokes for like three months and then I like, I throw them away. I'm like, but you don't perform anywhere except for the bar. Like, yeah. who's hearing the jokes? No, yeah, who's <laughs> hearing this? <laughs> you know, you can always go and rework a joke yeah. and like update it. You know, I'm, like some of the greats have done that, you know. A joke's never finished. Right. That's what they say, you know. Yeah, you, you can always change it. You can work it. You can work around it and do something different, you know. Yeah. yeah. So one night, uh, one night of the improv, my first time ever doing comedy, the improv, the uh, the house MC didn't show up. Oh, okay. So the booking the booking manager comes out and he goes, so uh, Jay, you uh, you need to go up tonight and start the show. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, I've right? never done that. Not doing that. He goes, you, you you're you're pretty witty. I I don't have no material. Like I have yeah. like none. I've never even thought about it. Never went to an open mic. Right. I was like, no. 
Like this is, I'm 21, I'm not doing it. And Steve McGrew's like, you'd be good at it. And I'm like, mm. and he goes, he goes, it's just five minutes. You're only going to see the first row. You know, that's it. The lights, it's it. You'll be, uh, he's like, I think you can do it, man. And then I was like, oh, all right. So that, that night was him, Pablo Francisco, and uh, 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 I forget his, uh, Mike Pace. Dude, that's a solid lineup right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, solid. I'm friends with Mike Pace. Mike Pace is one of the funniest people. Brilliant. I've yeah. I've worked with yeah. Steve McGrew as well. I mean, and then Pablo Francisco. Yeah. Holy shit. So I go up there to I'm like I am shitting bricks because I'm like, what do I say? Yeah. Like, how do I even start it? Yeah. And they're like, you, you'll think of something, you know. And uh, Steve McGrew's like, just go out there and tell him that you're not a comic. Just use that as your opening. I'm yeah. not a comic. And so I went up there. And I remember going, you got, uh, hey guys, uh, my name's Jay. I'm not a comic. And everybody just started laughing. You know, and I go, no, seriously, like five minutes ago, I was like cleaning the bathrooms. Like, you know, the house MC's not here. We're looking for him. You know, when the yeah. show's over, I'll be busting your tables and everybody's just cracking up. And that yeah. was like, I did that for like 10 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> I know that was horrifying. I never wanted yeah. to. <laughs> You're like, never again. <laughs> never again. But Steve, Steve, he's never forgot that. He's like, I remember your first time you did stand up. I'm like, and the only time. And the only time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've hosted a few shows here and there and, yeah. and stuff, and I tell funny things, but it's never where I wanted to just go and go, hey. <laughs> it's a, it, it takes a certain kind of person to get up there and do that. And the fact that you did it anyway is, is really cool. Yeah. You know? Because I think everybody should experience that. You have to have that. It's the only live experience where it just terrifies you. Because it's the only time where they'll talk back to you. It's like shut up, you know. Right. I mean, you got you got musicians. They go and not taking anything away from musicians and the you know amazingness of what music brings. Right. But I mean, you got these guys that they can sit there and their band can play, do their thing. And yeah. You know. Play their songs, get off the stage, you know? Yeah. They don't have to worry about if there's someone in the audience. You know, it obviously helps. That energy <laughs> is huge. and it. But trying to do stand-up in front of nobody is a whole different deal, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, a, it's an art form that is, I think it's the hardest form of, of live performance because you get everything instant right there. Yeah. If they don't like you, they tell you. Oh yeah. If they, they love you, oh, yeah. they'll tell you. They're they're not nice. If they don't they don't want to be nice, they won't be <laughs> they, nice. They aren't. No. Yeah. I've I, you know, I've seen comics bomb so hard that it's just uncomfortable. You know, and I don't like that. You know, a lot of comics are like, Oh my god, it was so hilarious. I'm like, dude, he's one of us or she's one of us. Like yeah. they're up there trying to do this. This that is could not be you yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and in comics, there's a lot of comics that love to watch other comics bomb. I'm not one of them. Like, I like to see this, like them to succeed because, for one, I care about the show. And, you know, if I'm on a show, if I'm headlining or featuring, whatever, I want the MC feature headliner. I want all aspects of that show to be solid and good. And if I'm headlining, if I have someone that just comes and crushes the shit out of the room, I'm happy. Yeah. Make me work. I think, I think it was George Carlin that said, you truly haven't succeeded in comedy until you've bombed. And he goes, I mean, fucking bombed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. I had my quit moment almost. <laughs> Where uh, they yeah. hand you your ass as you're walking <laughs> off stage. <laughs> An hour in front. It was a corporate gig. And it was terrible, man. In Montana. Yeah. And it was just... Because 
I used to tell some some joke. I, I used to do this Mormon bit, and this lady booked me because of that bit. Uh, I usually don't, you know, for corporates, it's kind of rule of thumb. You don't do religious or political humor. Right. You know, because you got all different people at this thing type of thing so especially nowadays <laughs> yeah especially now and I was you know and this was years ago and I but I I show up and you know and I was kind of green when it came to the whole corporate world of comedy it's mm-hmm. a little bit different obviously it's way different than a comedy club so uh, I didn't know the rules that I should establish with the company you know I didn't know that you should make sure that if they're having dinner they finish dinner and as they're bringing the dessert out you should probably start the show you know, and not to have a raffle and an award ceremony and all that <laughs> stuff before you. Yeah. So they've just gone through three hours of just shit. They're ready to go. They're ready to be done by the time the awards are done. Yeah. They don't want to hear another hour of some dude talking, you know, and <laughs> whatever. So this all happened at this corporate gig. Just after the sound, terrible. Lighting, terrible. It's 300 <laughs> people could not hear or see me. You know, and the guy that introduces me goes up, doesn't tell them, I'm a surprise. That's another rule. You never be a surprise at a corporate gig. Right. They need to know that they're, people got to be ready for comedy. So I find out I'm a surprise. The guy that introduces me doesn't say that I'm doing comedy. He goes up there. He's like, all right, we have a surprise for you tonight. We've got an entertainer. He's coming up here to entertain us a little bit. Let's bring up uh, Heath. Heath, come on up here. Heath. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so the lady says you need to do this joke, and I told her I, I don't I don't do, you know I don't, it generally doesn't go well if I do, you know religious stuff. Yeah, and she's like she's like no it's, it's gonna be great. Like, All right, <laughs> so I'm like ten minutes in of an hour set, and I do this bit, and it's not even it's not even offensive. It's not even offensive bit. It's a, it's a Mormon bit, but it's not anything. I do it. I did. Uh, I did a couple of celebrity impressions. So I did uh, celebrities as Mormon missionaries, mm-hmm. right? So I do the bit. The front there's all those circular tables, big circular tables. A group of eight stands up <laughs> in the middle of the bit, walks out. It's the owner of the company stands up and walks out. I could not get a laugh, a peep, nothing for the next 50 minutes, but I did my time, and I got my money. But um, that's all that counts, man. It was the most awkward in that moment. I I wanted to quit. I want. I drove home straight from there. So I drove twelve hours to get there. It was a last minute gig. I got called and they're like, "Hey, can you be there? The gig's in sixteen hours. I need you to leave now." It was twelve hours from where I was at in Boise. So I had to drive twelve hours. Got there an hour before the show, until I was supposed to be there. I did the thing, and I'm like, screw this. I'm driving home. Wow. I, I was like, I'm out. And I was just like, <laughs> I need to think of another another life. Because <laughs> this sucks. But, yeah. If you don't bomb, you haven't done it long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to bomb. No, you got to get up there. I've been doing improv comedy for years, too. And I know there's a lot of local guys here. They just do the bar shows, and, you know, they're not really – they don't really uh, – you know, they don't really follow through with trying to, you know, polish and go out and drive to, like, the comedy store on the weekend and do the 2 a.m. show. Yeah. You know, and they're not trying to get on the Laugh Factory stage or the, you know, the the Brad Garrett stage. It's like, who, who do you want to see you? Because your friends are going to stop coming. 
yeah, why I, I never got that mentality because it's everywhere. It's in every town. You yeah. know, I started really my career really started in Boise, Idaho. I spent eight years there doing comedy, and I had to travel everywhere else and do that because there's only one comedy club. Yeah. Um, and so, but the local comic, there's still comics there that started before me that are still doing these shitty bar gigs, and they're just. And maybe it's just their, that's just all they want to do. Well, they're afraid drink. to bomb, I think. They just don't want the real they're not. Yeah, reaction. I don't know. It's like, you, you guys not know what it feels like? Apparently, they don't. They don't know what it feels like, I guess, to play a legit comedy club and get those laughs and, you know, make that room just explode, you know? I think it was Steve Martin in his, uh, in his book said, you know you've truly made it in comedy when you're... Eating a cold can of chili in your car, waiting seven hours for the next comedy club to open. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You got to travel and do it. You know, get out there and do it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been blessed for sure. To, I've been traveled all, I'm 22 different countries now. You know Matt Markman. Yeah. You know what he did right. He, so he was. Yeah, he's he got a freaking RV. And then the nation nation shut down. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, that's terrible. He's like, I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, Rick's he's such a great guy. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. And and I hope all this stuff gets figured out, you know. Um, He uh, he got that gig opening for Anthony Kools because of me. Yeah, okay. We we did a big comedy contest at uh, Anthony's Bar at the Plaza. Mm -hmm. Had like 185 people sign up. So I, and I went to when I went to Anthony originally, I just said, hey, you know, a lot of these guys don't get to perform, you know, in a full sold out, you know, room. They're doing bar shows. So I right. said it'd be cool if we could pick a winner, and then they get to open for you for like a week, a couple days, you know. Yeah. Because his show, his hypnosis show, always sells out. Yeah. And he goes, not only that, I'll add a thousand bucks to it. And I'm like, shit, all right, now you got yourself yeah. a contest. These people signed up. We had. We had, cel- we had celebrity judges a couple of weeks here and there that would give advice. This one guy, uh, I think his, his name Vegas Mike, he was telling a joke one night, and Carrot Top was there just giving advice. Yeah. And he was trying to remember his punchlines, and he had wrote them down on his hand, so he was looking at it while he was smoking a cigarette. So at the end, Carrot Top was like, you might want to learn your own jokes and stop trying to cover it up while you're you know, smoking and have that jokes written yeah. on your hand. And this guy goes... What do you know about comedy except for props? And he goes, uh, fourteen million dollars a year. You know, like that's you how know, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I was sold out show at the Luxor like oh. <laughs> every night. <laughs> like here's the thing, man. Carrot Top. <laughs> you know, you like him or you don't. I, I respect the guy a ton. He's brilliant. I he mean, makes he's, all those himself. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's creative. It is, and comedy is comedy to me. I'm a very physical comic. There's comics out there that'll be like, that's not real comedy. I'm like, oh, what? you use a guitar, you're a hack. Yeah, no, it's bullshit. It's a like, crutch. No, it's it's not a crutch. It's it's something different. It's just as hard to write a funny song as it in there to tell a joke. Dude, I've done, I've done, I've added music, sound clips. I've done stuff for my set that are not, con- you know, considered real stand-up. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's to me, funny's funny. If you can go and make a crowd laugh, that's what they're there for. You know, they're not there to just, they're not always just there to see a guy stand up there with a microphone and yeah. just talk. You just want to have a good time. Sometimes, you, you know, I do act outs. I do, you know, I paint the picture. I, that's my improv side of me. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm an actor, you know, so 
I like to paint that picture, and that's, you know, that's what sets me apart. I've always been pretty, uh, like, cleaner, on a cleaner side of comedy as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got, I got, I think over the years, I've gotten a little bit more risque, <laughs> and even that is still tame, you yeah. know? But, uh, you know, when, when you start getting teenagers in the house and stuff, you start, it starts getting more adult. You know, yeah. you start talking, you know, I do a lot of stuff about my kids and being a dad and stuff like that. Right. But things change when they get older. You know, my daughter's grown boobs. My son is, well, boobs and pubes. It's bad. It's right. terrible. Uh, my son stinks. And he does stand-up comedy, so he talks about it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, yeah, he got in Jimmy Kimmel's before I did. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> But he's very funny. It's my insurance policy, so you, you know you got to get that yeah. retirement plan set up. <laughs> you definitely, you definitely do. Um, yeah, over the years of me doing the show, I met you know I've met legends. I've interviewed quite a few, and I became uh, really good friends with Rusty uh, Rusty Warren okay. from back in the day. Yeah. And uh, she did my show a couple times, and I was putting this uh, final show together at the Improv. I was gonna we we're gonna do this thing for charity, and. Um, so she had come out. She was visiting a friend. She lives in Hawaii, and I told her about this show that I was doing. And I said, "Oh yeah, we have uh, we have Shelly Berman coming out to get this, you know, lifetime comedy award." And she's like, well, "Wait a minute, how come you didn't ask me?" And I said, "Well, because you live in Hawaii, you know." Yeah. And she goes, "If you ask me, I'll come." And I said, "All right. Well, will you, will you do it?" And she goes, "Yeah. Do you think the improv will, you know, pay for my room?" I go, "I don't know why not. You've been retired since 1988. Let's." Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Yeah. And so I went to them, and they're like, wait a minute. You're telling me that you can get Rusty Warren to come out? I said, yeah. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for a room. We'll give her whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. This will definitely enhance the tickets. Yeah. I said, all right, cool. So a couple of days go by, and Shelly Berman calls me, and he goes, so I was looking at this flyer, and it says special appearance by Shelly Berman. I said, right. He goes, I'm not performing. I said, it doesn't say performance. It says appearance. But people are going to expect me to perform. I said, no, because it says appearance. Why would you, why would you think that? And so he's arguing. And he goes, he goes look, I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to come out and be frank with you. He goes, I didn't like that cunt back in the day, and I don't like her now. Oh, man. And I was like, oh. And he goes, so either she's off the bill or I'm off the bill. But I'm not, do, I'm not doing the show with her. Wow. And so I, like, I, I contact the improv, and I was like, so here's the situation. <laughs> and they're like, well, here's our answer. She has sold more tickets. So yeah. you, you can tell him that. Yeah. And uh, so I said, well, unfortunately, according to the improv, um, there's been more sales through uh, Rusty's side than yours. Um, so I guess, you're, I, I guess you're not doing it. You know? yeah. And it was so hard to tell this legendary comedian, you know, you're not doing the show. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was a kids charity. People were bringing toys. Right. It was just this thing, and uh, so I pick her up from the airport and all this stuff. And she's like, "Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see Shelly," and I said, "Oh, I should probably tell you that he uh, he decided not to do the show," and uh, she said, "Oh, why is that?" And I go, "Well, he said he didn't like you back in the '60s, and uh, he he's not gonna work with you now either." And she's like, "Oh, is that how he said it?" I said, well, actually, he called you a cunt. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, that's... And so <laughs> I was like, I was really upset. I thought they were going to cancel. And um, she ended up getting a standing ovation. And here's a woman that did her whole career never cussed. I think damn right. was like the strongest word she ever said. 
Yeah. And she goes, I hope you're not expecting me to perform. I go, oh, God, no, you haven't done any jokes since 1988. It's 2000 now. Right. I'm like, no, just go up there. You know, we're going to give you a little a little award. I put a little video montage of your stuff together. Uh-huh. You don't worry about it. Just you just go up and say hi. Thanks for the award. So she, I said, the only one the one comic that really deserves a standing ovation tonight is Rusty Warren. She came all the way from Hawaii to be here. Yeah. And uh, she walks up on stage and she gets this huge standing ovation. Everybody's applauding. And uh, she turns and looks at me and, she, and uh, she goes, this is amazing. And she starts right into this routine about Starts what it was going. like what it was like to have sex back then and how it is to have sex now and she's comparing it back and forth yeah. and uh, she goes back then it was like hello, hello how are you I want to fuck and I go holy shit Rusty Warren just said fuck on my show <laughs> and I have it recorded she goes it's easy to say it when you ain't getting it right and, and yeah. she did another 10 minutes like nothing it was yeah. all new material and she just thought that was the, the, the greatest Experience and I, I, I still talk to her. She uh, that's amazing. Yeah, she's still hanging out. She now lives in uh, Laguna Hills. And okay, yeah, but it's you know, awesome. I think that you know when when you're when you have a moment like that, you seize it, and I think that's what she did. Like she felt that energy, and it sparked something in her. Yeah, and I think it was something. It probably gave her something that she'll obviously never forget. Yeah, because you know, that, you know, you haven't done it for that. I was, I haven't done. I didn't do comedy for three months you know because of this quarantine stuff and i was like i don't even know if i'm funny anymore you know (laughs) like three months that's it you know and you're just like shit and then you know i got a couple gigs and then it worked so that i was like okay i can breathe a little bit i'm still funny it works yeah yeah i can't imagine not doing any jokes it's it's got to be tough out there now right you don't know what to talk about it's you don't know who you're going to offend you know these days it's very tough it is very tough because you don't. People are so sensitive. Everybody's on high alert about everything. You know, everything. you got. I mean, you got you got the pandemic. You got Black Lives Matter. You got you know the Trump all, haters, the Trump supporters, yeah, I mean, it's the just, Democrats, the Republicans. We're just fighting each other. I mean, it is it is bad out there right now. I do want to meet some of these people that are offended over the easy things, like the one I heard yesterday. There, uh, people are now offended over the three. Uh, snap, crackle, and pop on on Rice Krispies because it's three white kids. Oh my gosh! And they're upset because there's a monkey on Cocoa Krispies. Yeah, I mean you got Miss Butterworth, you know, or or Aunt Jemima, you know, and, and, the and cream of Uncle guy, Ben. And the yeah, cream of I, guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy, man. Like, I don't I, think in my entire life did I ever, ever, ever pick up a box of Rice Krispies and go, oh, you know. Just white kids. This or isn't diverse enough. Or Aunt yeah. Jemima because you know of of the name. I was like, she just makes really good pancakes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's the thing is, is it's not even, it's not a. I don't know. Maybe there's an Aunt Jemima out there. Just you know, you're you're taking it away from her. I don't know. I don't know how that came about. There, there was a. It's modeled after somebody yeah. in 1933 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, someone you know, that's their recipe or whatever it is. And yeah. you know, it's it's like. I don't know. I think people are jumping to make things. All of a sudden, a I was like, "Who, who's outraged?" I didn't hear anybody like get outraged over Aunt Jemima. Like all of a sudden, they're like, "No, it's they're changing their name." Like what? Yeah. What? Who? Yeah. I, I I don't get it. Man, I I have you know I've got I try to look at a situation. You know, you look at Black Lives Matter, and I look at that kind of type of stuff, and I see that there is a problem out there. Uh, 
And, you know, I'm not the guy with the answers. Right. I'm not. I'm really not. I don't know what it is. You know, my answer is we need to all be good to each other, treat each other well. But that's a pipe dream. Right. I realize that. There's a lot of hateful people out there on both sides of, a, of an issue. Whether, you know, you're talking politics or race or all this stuff, you got racist people out there. And it's not it's not okay to me. You know, I love people. I don't care yeah. who you are, you know. Um but it's a it's it's a difficult time right now for people, and uh, you know people are on, you know they're on high alert about a lot of things, and people that even weren't offended by very much are now getting offended by things, and you know the people that are easily offended by everything are now. But I don't think everybody's that say they're outraged are really that outraged. I think they're just looking for something to do because they're well. They've been locked in, down. yeah, they've been locked down. I mean, this was, you know. I went camping, man, for four days, and it was right before all the Black Lives Matter stuff kicked out, kicked off. Yeah. Came back to riots and, and looting and all sorts. I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? Like, jeez, <laughs> we went camping for four days. The world, I mean, the pandemic, what's, go, what's going on? We're, you know, we're, now we're going and, and protesting, and I thought we were still quarantined. Like... What the hell's happening? Yeah. You know, what's and then now they're you know everybody's freaking out. All oh, the numbers of coronavirus are going up. No shit, they're going up. We got thousands of people hanging out with you know, and they're like, oh, we're a mask, so I'm safe. That's bullshit, dude. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> you're around thousands of people shoulder to shoulder with for a cause. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it, it it's a cause that people you know feel free to protest and stuff. For me, the timing, not great. Right. Uh, you know, you got, if there is, you know, I don't, listen, I'm not a political guy. I'm not a, you know, conspiracy theorist. And usually that's what somebody says before yeah. they <laughs> shell out their conspiracy theory. Yeah. No, but it's just a, it's just a crazy, crazy time. And, you know, we're, we, we just sat in quarantine for, I don't, you know. Good Lord. <laughs> that's security. Those, I, you, I literally peed a little. You scared the shit out of me. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Big or small, they do them all. It's Motor Mission, family-owned and operated machine and radiator shop. At Motor Mission, they offer complete radiator rod and repairing, rebuilding, replacements, and manufacturing all in-house. They also provide complete machine shop services, including engine rebuilding, valve jobs, surfacing, milling, boring, honing, balancing, thermal cleaning, blasting, hot tanking, broken bolt removal, antique restoration, and much more. If you need a custom radiator with electric fans and a fan shroud built for your custom project, they can do that too. Motor Mission works on anything foreign and domestic for autos, industrials, RVs, heavy equipment, power sports, antiques, marine, racing, street rods, hot rods, stationary gen sets or power units, and large mining equipment. Motor Mission is at 5435 Desert Point Drive. Call 702-649-2366 or visit MotorMission.com. Moments CBD is a local business in North Las Vegas with essential natural CBD products that helps with pain, anxiety, inflammation, and so much more. Their team of experts can help you with all your CBD needs. Moments CBD also carries washable medical masks and hand sanitizer with 70% alcohol, vitamin E, and aloe. Moments is having an amazing deal for June. 50% off all immune-boosting CBD products for you and your pets. Mention the Radio Vegas Rocks ad for the special. 
located on 1311 West Craig Road at the Home Depot Shopping Center. Call 702-463-1616 for more info. They care about your health. These wheels are real exciting and bear my name, Evil Knievel. Hi, it's Waz from Greasy Conversation. Did you know the pioneering stuntman Evil Knievel, the world record motorcycle jumping father of extreme sports himself, lives on spiritually in the satiny dough and hearty brick cheese of the pizza that bears his name. Evil Knievel. Evil Pie, that's E-V-E-L, on glistening East Fremont Street in the heart of downtown Las Vegas. They've been thriving here since back in 2016 because unlike our hero, it's not dangerous. The flavor isn't even risky, but it is braggadocious. I get the world famous Snake River Special with a rattlesnake sausage. Honestly, it's great. I do love it and it makes me feel like a mighty conqueror of perilous beasts. Vegans, don't tune me out. This place is known for their vegan pizza too. So get over there. Just make sure you check the RadioVegas.rocks app first. That app will have new specials just for RadioVegas.rocks listeners. Show them the app and satisfy your lust for excitement. Listen up. The soap you shower with? It's you probably haven't even questioned what bar of soap you lather up with. Let's face it, most guys don't. They're still using whatever bar their mommy bought for her little man. Is that what you want? To smell like mama's little man? Ugh. But now you can upgrade your shower game with Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. To subscribe to Dr. Squatch, visit RadioVegas.rocks and click on the banner. Or don't, and continue to be mommy's little helper. Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. Real soap for real men. Hi, I'm always on the go, and I need the one thing to help me keep moving. Zip Fizz. That's right. It's an all-natural energy mix that comes in a tube. I can keep one in my pocket or my purse. So many great flavors, such as fruit punch, grape, orange soda, plus no hard crash because there is no sugar, but it is loaded with B12. It's high on electrolytes. I just love it. Zipfizz.com And take a listen to a band that's really rocking the American hit list for 1967. Here's a tune by the Spencer Davis group that has everybody playing air guitar. Spencer's in the time warp with us right now. Hey, Spence, what was it like in the studio recording this one? It was so loud. I mean, everybody was cranked up. Bass, guitar, and I played the identical line that Muff was playing, except an octave above. So you had that... And it was just... Real stark and explosive. Hey! Here comes Jimmy Some Lovin' on the American Hit List. Well, It's 10 o'clock. Do you care where your parents are? This radio person is the whole problem. Are we going to allow this guy to be heard by anyone who can turn a dial? FCC, you know what that means? This is my life you're screwing around with here, you know? Rockin' the Valley 24-7. You're tuned to Crazy J on RadioVegas.rocks. It's a rockin' comedy show. We are back, everybody. And uh, joining us in the studio, Matt Baldini's here. Hey. Baldoni. Baldoni. With Baldini. an O. Baldini. Baldini, Baldoni. There's a casino in Reno, actually, called Baldini's. Actually, I don't know if it's still there. Maybe it failed, but uh, <laughs> people used to ask me. I'm from near Reno, and people used to ask me if I was part owner of that, like I was a casino heir. <laughs> I do take money from casinos, but it's pennies compared to what someone who inherited 
one would get. <laughs> For sure. Nice. Yeah, we were uh, we were just talking comedy. He's been doing it uh, since he was 22. Mm-hmm. It's changing rapidly now, of course. People get offended really easy. We yeah. Were, we were talking about how people are upset that Rice Krispies has three white people on the box and a Cocoa Krispies has a chocolate monkey. <laughs> And the new one I read today is they're petitioning to take down the Don Knotts statue because he portrayed a cop. And I was like, do you know who Barney Fife was? You guys need to just shut the fuck up. My God. Barney Fife. Barney Fife. He had one bullet. Shit. Okay, so in the legacy of comedians, Don Knotts would be considered important, I guess. Right? In the legacy of comedic sitcom actors? For sure. Yeah. I... I grew up watching Don Knotts. Me man. too, man. I mean, him, Three's him company. and uh, uh, Tim. Um, oh my God. Conway. Tim Conway right. together. Uh, it was uh, beautiful, you know. Yeah, Three's Company, Mr. Shirley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, damn. I mean, yeah. You so that uh, that's what's getting taken down today. That I mean, well, they're petitioning every- to oh, get it to okay. take it down. All right. Um, so <laughs> so petitioning is kind of like sort of. I mean, I'm sure some petitions are legitimate, but petitioning is kind of like signal. It's just another form of sort of signaling that you're a good person and that you're cool. So right? let's say this, but then. at least they're not let's just say, pulling it down. Yeah. Let's well, say you got you true. got the you got the Rocky statue. Yeah. Right. Let's say Mr. T decided, hey, I'm gonna I'm I'm actually identify as a woman now. They tear it down because he was beating women in the uh, in the Rocky Three. Or why don't they say we got to take this Rocky statue down because he beat up a lot of black people? That there's yeah the, you know yeah. That. Apollo so Creed uh, Apollo Creed was an African American gentleman, and uh, he didn't deserve <laughs> the beating that he got in both of those Rocky sequels. Even though he voluntarily agreed to the fight, and even though this whole fucking thing is <laughs> fiction, <laughs> it's not real, you guys. Yeah. It's not. It's a. It's it's so ridiculous how far people are taking this shit. I mean, and now, the, the now they're also line? they're also petitioning now to uh, try and remove Mount Rushmore. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I read that yeah, today. Yeah, I read that too. I read the that governor... The, the uh, Sioux Nation is trying to take it down. Yeah, the okay. governor's like, not on my watch. <laughs> yeah. That's how he said it. He's like, not on my watch. And you know, just the, have you guys ever been to see that thing? I have I not, but my I'm sister not. and dad have seen it, yeah. Okay, so the Black Hills of South Dakota are a really... I Personally, if I didn't wasn't dependent on a beautiful city like Las Vegas to make our living. Right. I would love to live in a place like where Mount Rushmore is. Okay. You know, it's just it, you know where you heard of Deadwood, South Dakota or the Sturgis motorcycle rally oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so all that shit kind of takes place within a few freeway exits. Got it. You know? <laughs> okay. Rushmore yeah. and all that. Yeah. And it's just a a really really beautiful picturesque place with very very nice people. If I was trying to break some balls, I'd mention that it was 94% white, right? <laughs> but I don't want to do that on this, uh, on this Wouldn't show. Wouldn't want to do that. No, not want to do that. Race stuff is very, very sensitive at the moment, so right. I, don't, I, I don't want to ruffle any feathers yeah. of the six people <laughs> listening. So anyway. Um, we're probably but, but all the, white. But the, yeah, exactly. But, and we're all white, by the we way. Are, we are all white in the studio, except for your dog, who right. is black. Right. Um, that is a hairy black dog. Black dog lives matter. Black dog. <laughs> That's right. Led Zeppelin proved that because they wrote a song about it. Right. Uh, but so. it, the fact that, that you can stand and look at that thing and that w- with basically no technology compared to now, that 
a, a bunch of men yeah. built that, that, carved that thing out of the fucking earth. And blew yeah, up the dark like, Hey, there's yeah. a mountain. Yeah. Let's put some faces on there. Right. And we're going to do it well. And right. they did. It, it's so gorgeous. And, I mean, just <laughs> the effort it would take to deface it and build something new or, or what, what what are they going to do? I What's their fucking plan? They want to take down Mount Rushmore and replace it with what? And that they don't realize that's where Team America hangs out. Right. So, right. Can't, so. can't forget that. America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Can't forget that. Richie Rich hung from that thing. Right. <laughs> Almost died up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, man. It's uh, I can't believe they're... I mean, they store... They're... Didn't they tear down the statue of uh, the guy that wrote the Star Spangled Banner? Francis Scott Key. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They did. Apparently, apparently anybody who who owned a slave at any given point in history, you know, has to get their monument taken down. Some of this stuff I can understand. I can even understand why private businesses, like, you know, all the emails we've been getting from... This company, that company, all the lists were on meetup.com, whatever yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. All these businesses are, you know, kind of making sure they follow in lockstep with the other right. big businesses by, you know, showing their solidarity and, and all that stuff. And I, that I can understand. If a, private, if a bunch of private companies want to do that, that's fine. But when public places or yeah. public... Um, I don't know, structures, you know, I mean, money was stolen from all of us to build this shit and pay for it anyway, and now they want to take or, it or down. The, or the statues know. that they're defacing and ruining and they don't know them, like Stevie Ray Vaughan got his statue. What? Yeah, the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue got covered in paint. Uh, they did something to Jimi Hendrix and his statue. It was like... People you- know that Jimmy was black, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. So I think they, some people just, oh, it's a statue. It's got to come down. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Stevie Ray statue? Yeah. Oh, no. Guys, I don't, yeah, I don't know. People are losing their fucking minds. That's yeah. what it is. They're it's really terrible. Them. I mean, you know, if, if Aunt Jemima, I, I, I think a free market should allow businesses to fail. So, like, rather than just petitioning and signaling to cancel Aunt Jemima and take down the, the company, why not just let them fail? You know, everybody can still do their shit on social media and go, we're not buying this syrup anymore. And then the company goes, oh, shit, we're not making any money anymore. Nobody likes our product anymore. I guess we're going bankrupt. Yeah. You know, (laughs) why can't we just let that happen? Why do we why do we have to appeal to the men with guns? In other words, the government. Yeah to take down a private business that's existed for a hundred fucking years. I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever complain about a box of Aunt Jemima. I don't think about it. That shit's it. delicious, dude. The thing is, it's just, some of the best eat, pancakes ever. You eat the fucking pancakes and you enjoy your morning, afternoon, dinner, whatever. I've had dinner for breakfast. Yeah, breakfast oh, dude, I do. I've I did it all. Two nights ago I did it. I, I had a waffle, yeah. actually. I had a waffle, bacon, and eggs. And, and, and... I could, you know, I had good syrup, but the one I wanted was no longer available. Yeah, the, you know, the thing, they're making. There's certain things being made an issue that shouldn't be an issue, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get there's a problem in certain, you know, in certain areas of our planet. You know, mm-hmm. right. where people, there's racist people out there. 
There's, you know, there's all sorts of things there's happening. There's bad cops way. out there. There's... But Aunt Jemima is not one of them. You know no. what I mean? It's no. just not one of those that's not an issue. Uh, I, say, I, I've know, been fighting against cops murdering civilians for fucking a couple of decades of my life, my whole adult life. And it, look, listen, I get it, man. I get it. Just in, uh, We're all relatively similar in age. The cops did not look like they did when we were all kids. You know, when we were, I'm from kind of a small place, so if you saw, a, I'm from a small town, so if you saw a cop, there was a good chance you knew him. Yeah. You know, or or he was a dad of somebody you knew or something yeah. like that. And the guy would come by and go, hey, you know, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you smoking weed? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, all right. Like, <laughs> listen, I don't want to write you a ticket. I don't want you to have to call your father at work. So put it out. Get the fuck out, out of here. You know? <laughs> and, and we were like, shit, we better. We no, better one, no one here wants to get in trouble. Yeah. Now, right. we don't, none of us here, I think, agree that weed should be criminalized. Anyway, but there's right. nothing we can do about the fact that there are laws, whether they're shit laws or not. Since we have all become adults, we see all this new gear and shit on cops when yeah. we see them. We see, we see new gear in the cars. We see larger guns. We see more body armor. We see, like, shinier costumes. All this shit got handed down in, from the military. And right. just in our lifetime, unfortunately, what was meant to be a simple security force is now like this occupying military force. And look, I see him coming. I think I'm looking at North Korea, man. I'm like, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> if you're not intending to kill somebody at some point, why do you have all that shit? Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. It's just supposed to be funny. I don't know Sorry. the answers. <laughs> I don't know. The, it's supposed to be funny. I'm I got an answer. Privatize them. Private. Privatize <laughs> the police. That'll get you through it. Mm. All right. Uh, so this is Heath's... Uh, First time on the show, so he's uh, not familiar with the games that we play. So um, not. we've got some uh, we've got some good ones that we're gonna do for you. Let me uh, let me find the ones we're playing today. One's new, so I don't have an intro for it. But the other one, we do have. An this intro is very for exciting. It. Isn't this isn't this exciting? Yeah. I'm what excited and scared. What a beautiful new ready. studio. <laughs> it is a great studio, yeah. man. So we're uh, gonna we're gonna keep score. Okay. One through fifteen. You got to person that gets the most uh, wins prizes. He's handing you, out pens you, that you have wanna, been I'll sanitized. Let you know what you, I'll, I'll let you know what you've uh, what you're playing for. You are playing for a hundred dollar gift certificate to Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Ooh. What? Oh my. Yeah. Located at fifty six eleven South Valley View. On the so this is one to twelve. One through fifteen. Oh, one through fifteen. Yeah. And here is the game. Now on the Rockin' Comedy Show. Is it a romance novel or the title of a porn? This is so great. So this is a classic one. This is, is it a romance novel or the title of the porn? I'm going to throw a title out. You write it down if you think it's a porn or if you think it's a romance novel. The one that gets it the most uh, wins, of course, the first round. There's two rounds. And uh, it's also probably sponsored by Spunk Lube, everybody. And if you have never... Purchase Spunk Lube online. Tell them Rock and Comedy Show sent you. They'll give you one bottle for free when you order two bottles, and they'll also give you free shipping and handling. I know it's exciting stuff here. <laughs> I have a, a personal testimonial. I received some <laughs> Spunk Lube one of the times I've appeared on this illustrious program. <laughs> I have used it in my personal life with women. 
only with women. That's just my preference. If you prefer something else, there's never anything wrong with or that. You hey. can, or you can use it by yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, I prefer point. women with low self-esteem. <laughs> and I will say Spunk Lube works amazingly. <laughs> That's good. If, if, if the poor thing even needs it at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for each one that you get correct, you will win a packet of Spunk Lube. Sweet. Spunk Lube. Spunk all right. Lube. All right. So here we go. Number one, Naked in Death. Naked in death. Is it a book or is it a porno? Number two, a summer to remember. Number three, gag factor. What is it? Gag factor. Gag factor. Right. Gag factor. Gag factor. Uh, next one, the dirty diaries. Oh. Hey now. <laughs> that will be uh, our next one is the house of more cock. <laughs> it's kind of like this house right now. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, next one, Morning Glory. Then we have Seduce Me at Sunrise. Uh-huh. And we have Tory Black is Pretty Filthy. Next. Private Gladiator. <laughs> Following that, we have All Alone. Next, The Schoolboy Crush. <laughs> then we have Dream a Little Dream. Her Secret. Her Secret? Her Secret. Mm -hmm. The Bride. The Bride? The Bride. Ride. And our last one, the good old naughty days. The good old naughty days. Naughty days. Naughty days. Hmm. <laughs> you guys ready? I I, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Ready. Now, number one, naked in death. What do you have, Heath? I have book. I also have book. It's a book. Yeah, very good job. Uh, number two, A Summer to Remember. I have book again. I also have book. It's a book. Number three, Gag Factor. Porn. Porn. Yeah. <laughs> number four, The Dirty Diaries. I, I think that could be both. It could be both. I think it, maybe it was a book first. I'm going to go with porn. It's porn. Oh, sweet. Uh, let's see, number five, The House of More Cock. <laughs> this is shocking. This it's is... got to be a porn. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a porn. It is a porn, yeah. yeah. Uh, our next one is Morning Glory. Book? Mm, I think that's a porn. It's a book. Oh. Yes! <laughs> I mean, if it was Morning Glory Hole. Right. Right. My, you know. More Morning Hoary. <laughs> or just Morning Hole. Uh -huh. Morning hole. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, seduce me at sunrise. Porn. I think that's a book. It's a book. Damn it. Tory Black is pretty filthy. Porn. Oh, that's a porn. <laughs> yeah. I think I recognize that name. Is she, <laughs> like that does she have some sort of stature in that business? I, I believe there's several volumes of how filthy she really is. Oh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Private Gladiator. Porn. That's actually neither a book or a porn. 
That is Russell Crowe's private event <laughs> service. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's porn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all Alone. Uh, book? Or uh, every I, porn? I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> how we experience every porn. Yeah. It, uh, I think that's a... I think th- I'm going to go with porn. It's porn. Uh, oh, yeah. The schoolboy crush. Porn. I'd say porn, too. It's porn. Yep. Dream a little dream. Have porn. I have book. It's book. Ah. Yeah. Her secret. Book. Porn. It's a book. Mm. <laughs> the bride. Porn. Porn. The book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good old naughty days. I don't know book. exactly what naughty days means. I'd, so is it like I, naughty, like K-N-O-T-T-Y? Naughty, or? like you're being naughty. Oh, naughty, N-A-U-G-H. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I have so book. that's a porn. It's a porn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, they're adding up their score. I don't know score. what my score is. I got six wrong, that's what I know. Mm, I think I'm right around there somewhere, maybe four, three. I think you got more than I did. That's my... <laughs> well... We, we are waiting the answer. How many did you get? Oh, I think I got three, four incorrect. Four incorrect. Six. I got six incorrect. Six incorrect. Oh. So it looks like Matt did, did well again. Mm. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> for <your> winning. Barbecue. <laughs> we'll be right back. Wow. No, no, that barbecue, we have another game. Okay. Oh, we have another yeah. game. Yeah. No, I that's fine. Shot. No, I'm going to enjoy yeah. my, delicious my single-serving packets of spunk lube. <laughs> I want all the sausage. Now this 
that one down. I'm going to go dig that one up, man. I kind of like that. Yeah, they do a good job on that. I think everybody likes interesting covers. <laughs> they got to yeah. be good. Yeah, well, they have to be yeah. executed properly and played well, and that's a delicate dance musicians have to do. It's like I, I only play other people's music for a living. I, I write no music of yeah. my own. I'm just not very good at it, you know? <laughs> I, I work with other people sometimes who are great writers, and I'll contribute to collaborate, but like I find it incredibly fucking difficult to write songs, right? Yeah. So because I play everybody else's music for a living, like the cover thing, live or on a recording, like you want to, as a musician, you want to be loyal enough to the original record, but sprinkling in just kind of enough to, to be a departure, but also yeah. being respectful and all that stuff. It's right. kind of a delicate dance. Speaking of uh, interesting covers, I'll give you a little taste of this. Uh, this is um, this is uh, an interesting take on Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. Okay. They do it medieval style. Okay. Yeah, okay. Check, this, check this out. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a Ren fair. Right, it's pretty, it's, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Kind of medieval sounding drums and 
Well, they do. Uh, they do a couple. They do uh, "Sweet Dreams" from the Eurythmics. Ah, panpipes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably keyboard panpipes. That the Lady Gaga one sounds like something that should have been playing during the Red Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not bad. And then uh, the one that really, really tripped me out was when they did uh, Creep from Radiohead. Okay. I want a perfect soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the chord changes are still there. The lyrics are still there. The, you know, that's interesting. I like it. They even have the medieval accent. Yeah, they they threw that in there. That's great. Yeah. That's, so if you're gonna uh, do a cover, do it up. Uh, that's why I love postmodern jukebox. Mm-hmm. Because they oh, yeah. do so they do some great they stuff. They have, uh, you know, like I don't know if anybody saw them when they were doing their sit. We call them sit downs. Their residency at the One Oak nightclub at yeah. Mirage, which I believe is now closed. Um, they have. It's really interesting. Like we do this with Australian Bee Gees too, and a lot of kind of retro sort of acts do this. You have, like, the original guys who started the band, and then they kind of license or franchise that out or create other companies of that. So there are, like, eight postmodern jukeboxes all over the country, huh. right? And including the one here. And in the one here, they actually used some Las Vegas talent. There yeah. were, like, four or five of us in the musician-singer community that were in that show. The problem is, is, like... There are now nine postmodern jukebox cover band clones around here. And all the entertainment directors, when we were allowed to play music for people, right. um, seem to be asking for that style, like this Gatsby fucking arrangement of pop tunes, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I think the thing is getting this little bit of a bubble, you know? <laughs> I think it's going to kind of peter out and into something else. But yeah. that's all. Yeah. If and only if we actually get to go out and play fucking music for anybody anymore. I would love to have an audience again. You know, it's even, I was saying it before we started, it's even harder for comedians. I, I have so much unbelievable respect for comedians because they can't sit at home and rehearse it and work on it, man. Like, yeah. you can get ideas, but then you got to take right, it to jokes. the gig. and you and, got to take it to the stage and see if it works. Yeah, you're yep. not going to know until you really hammer that thing in yep. 50 different ways in front of 50 different crowds and go, okay, that's why it takes these guys a year to put together an hour. You it's know? true. Yep. And I, I really, really respect that. It's very yep. brave. I can sit in my little room and, and you know, <laughs> going, okay, I think that's ready, and then go out and fuck it up on a couple of gigs, but kind of basically have it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I really respect that. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, you guys ready for your new game? Okay. All right. This is for all the marbles. This is for the $100 gift certificate to Jesse oh, Ray's Barbecue. Is it oh, 1 to 15 shit. again? 1 to 15. Okay. All right. This is, is it a sex toy 
or a Karma Sutra position. <laughs> wow. Okay. A sex toy or, or a Kama Sutra, sutra position. position. Yeah. Because some, little... some of these sex toys have really interesting names, and so does the Karma Sutra. All right. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, the first one, I may mess up some of the names, but here we go. <laughs> uh, Mina Ola. I'll even spell it. M-I-N-N-A space O-L-A. Okay. All right. Next one I'll also spell for you. <laughs> J-E space J-O-U-E-M-I-M-I. Jijo Mimi? Jiju Mimi. I think that's... The next one is the Blossom Sleeve. Sweet. The Blossom Sleeve. <laughs> Our next one... Is that like a... Never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <It's a blossom. laughs> Our next one is Sweetened Blow. Sweetened Blow. Sweetened Blow. S-W-E-E-T-E-N hyphen D B-L-O-W. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, okay. All right, the next one is the G-Force. <laughs> <laughs> Following that, we have the Indian Handstand. The grip. <laughs> the grip. Tenja zero flip. T E N G A zero flip. Okay. Sutra or toy? Here we go. Okay. Next one. The bandolier. B A N D O L E E R. The bandolier. <laughs> I think that's. The next one is the rowboat. <laughs> and we also have the Crave Vesper. C-R-A-V-E-V-E-S-P-E-R. Okay. -E -E Lilo Sonia. L-E-L-O space S-O-N-A. <laughs> uh, the next one is I do not know how to pronounce this one it is the Indrani I believe I-N-D-R-A-N-I Indrani mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then we, I thought this was fun Like it was, it was, it was interesting to pull these ones up uh, the Catherine Wheel the Catherine mm. Wheel? Wheel yeah W-H-E-E-L yeah, Catherine, isn't, isn't she wheel. nice? <laughs> She's nice. Kathy's great. <laughs> and our last one, loveness. L O V E N S E. E N. Say that again. What is it? L O V E N S E. Lovents. All right. Lovents. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right, well, this one was harder. This one was harder. I, I <laughs> yeah. totally guessed on most of these. Yeah, I thought it was fun putting it together. And the great thing is, I'll, it, I get to describe what they are either way, so, either Karma Sutra or a sex toy. I get to tell you what it does. All right. <laughs> oh, sweet. We get to find out the function? <laughs> yeah. 
Fantastic. Right on whether it's mechanical or not, <laughs> so whether it's electric with an <laughs> AC cable or whether it's a pull start like a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, USB. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Mini Ola. What do you have? I said Kama Sutra. So did I. It is a sex toy. Ah, it is a vibrator so smart. It should be sold only to people in Mensa. It has memory, memory vibration patterns, meaning that it can duplicate the vibrations the user requires and can be used to compose musical interludes for those times <laughs> when one needs a break from nonstop orgasm. You know what? I'm putting this fucking thing on a bandstand. I'm yeah. going to be the first Las Vegas strip performer. <laughs> it, also, it also has a squeeze pad, eliminating the need to fumble around in the dark to find the off and on button. Or if you're blind. <laughs> Or yeah, wide. yeah. So that's solid. The mini Ola <laughs> toy. Write that down. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> that oh, sounds yeah. like a good was Saturday that, night. Oh yeah, we're still on the first yeah, one. It's, yeah. What is it called? Toy, but it sounded Mini-Ola. like an Eastern name. Mini Ola. Yeah. M I N N A O L A. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Me and him are actually going to go home and look this shit up. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to sit there with his wife and an iPad going, check this out. I heard about this this today. Check this out. I did a game show. Hey, don't you have a birthday coming up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, The next one is Jeju. What did you say, Wes? Jeju Mimi. Mimi, yeah. I I said toy. I said toy, too. It's a flat vibrator of sorts that is held between two people, preferably people who actually know each other. Oh, preferably, yeah. <laughs> preferably. preferably, both parties have consented to this I activity. I don't know if they updated their website because of the COVID, but they, they did put Oh, that. maintaining proper social distancing, of course. <laughs> yeah. So you should know each other to use this next one. <laughs> uh, the Blossom Sleeve. Toy. That's a toy. It is a toy and yeah. no description. Yeah. No description. No description. No description. I got yeah. a, f- a couple of guesses in my head as to what that is. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting picture, so you can... Google that later. Uh, Sweeten Blow. Karma Sutra. That sure sounds... You know... Oh, man. Can I change my mind? No, not if you wrote it down. Okay, (laughs) yeah. All right, all right. So, yeah, sex toy. There are tons of options for making a living living sausage more palatable. (laughs) What makes Sweeten Blow so special is its packaging and the fact that it comes with a game board and fake money so you can simulate pr- uh, prostitution and gambling. So it's a toy. It's a toy. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he's writing that one down. He's going to go order that yeah. one online. I wrote down some of them if I had time, but mostly I just put my answer, and then if you moved on to the next one, I didn't finish yeah. writing down it. I'm yeah. going to see that if it's available quite, on Amazon. <laughs> quite interactive, isn't it? <laughs> Very interactive. Uh, the next one is the G-Force. Mm. Toy. I said toy. Yeah. To get into this position... Oh, dang it! Fuck! <laughs> you should start... Uh, uh, you, uh, say, to get into this position, you should by start resting on your back. Have your person grab a hold of your ankles while kneeling in front of you. Then have them lift you into the air until you reach an angle where they are able to penetrate you. In order to help them keep you steady, you can always grab onto their thighs for balance. Wow. <laughs> you got to have core it's, it's, for that. It's, you got to have a gotta solid have some core. core. You got to do a sit-up or two, don't <laughs> you? Gotta, you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. All right. The Indian handstand. Kama Sutra. Yeah, I Come said, on. I said that, too. This position works best when you are 
tired of the bedroom and want to have sex in the kitchen, living uh-huh. room, or any place else okay. uh-huh. with plenty of floor space. You should start out on your hands and knees and then have your partner grab your hips and help lift you. Once you are airborne, you can wrap your legs around uh, their arms to stabilize yourself. Then they can begin thrusting into you from behind. Wow. Sounds if like you, a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like lower back problems to me. Yeah, you gotta, with Karma uh, Sutra, you got to be in really good physical shape, I think. <laughs> I have worked at length for... Cirque to so what? I mean, Soleil. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is making me kind of want to maybe go find an acrobat <laughs> that I yeah. might have worked with previously. Right. right. With a list of some of these positions. Say, hey, baby. Go, Can we get How done with this baby, game? So are you interested I, in trying uh, the yes. Indian handstand? How po- I'd have to learn to speak Russian or Chinese or something <laughs> like that, but... Maybe even French. You get the Karma Sutra book, it gives you the pictures. So you're right. like, look, this is what we're doing. This is yeah, the Indian yeah, handstand. Yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> the next one is the grip toy. I think, I think that's a toy. This is one of the easiest positions from Damn the Karma Sutra book. <laughs> you should begin uh, comfortably on your back. Then you should lift your hips into the air, wrap your legs around your partner's back, and rest your feet on their butt. If you had a hard time keeping yourself elevated, or you're just in a lazy mood, you can use and rest a pillow beneath them. Okay. So there you go. That one's also a little, little on the complex side, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Tenga Zero Flip. I'm saying toy. I say Kama Sutra. When you open the Tenga Flip, it looks like the insides of an alien. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that's what makes it feel so good. <laughs> There are various ridges and grooves inside the masturbation sleeve, which allowing for different sensations. Few other masturbation sleeves are built like this. Most flashlights, for example, are simply just smooth inside. <laughs> wow. Um, may I share a quick anecdote? <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, I'm not even going to say what country I was in or who I was touring with. I'm not going to name this person, name the production, <laughs> name the company, or even what border we were crossing, but it was an international border from one non-USA country to another non-USA country. A fairly common, large, different airports have different systems of customs, right? Well, one of our guys got stopped, and it was a big deal. Whoa, 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 what's in that bag, right? Oh, no. So... I don't know if they heard a noise or they saw something on a scanner or whatever, but this gentleman, I got to hand it to him for brave, bravery. He said, uh, let, me save you, let me save you some time, save you some trouble. May I open the bag? And the men with guns are standing there. <laughs> May I open the bag? Pulls out a fleshlight with a big smile on his face, <laughs> hands it to the customs guy and says, here, this is it. Don't know if it was washed. But the rest of us were standing oh, there in God. line behind him going, oh, my God, did this guy just really do this? He just you know? did it. Yeah. He's very proud of it. A flashlight stopped an entire tour. <laughs> All right. All right. So our, uh, our next one is the bandolier. <laughs> I, think, Sutra. I think that's a pos- Kama Sutra position. Start on your back with your knees against your chest. Yeah. Have your it. person kneel in front of you. Take hold of your legs and penetrate you from the front. Then you can rest your feet against their chest and your hands against their thighs. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sounds a little more doable. Yeah, I was just going to say that exact yeah. same thing. It yeah. sounds a little <laughs> easier to do, easier to execute. <laughs> Our next one is the rowboat. Kama Sutra. I think that's a sex toy. You should start by sitting on the bed or floor facing yes. each other. Have your person wrap his legs around you, and you do the same to them while lowering yourself onto his penis. Then take turns lifting up and down in a synchronized manner. The best part of this position, it gives you easy access to neck and lip kisses. Oh. We all like <laughs> neck and lip kisses. No, I, I do. I enjoy I got to say, uh, this is, not, you know, I'm, the Kama Sutra has been around for thousands of years, but they have not updated their terminology to include uh, the proper gender pronouns because some women have penises some per, some people with no gender at all well they do say they penises. a lot they they they, they okay. don't say him or all right well, and so you know they just said they, they don't said, get shut down too they said right. pe- they just said penis so okay. i mean you can maybe use a strap on too i don't know just, who knows get Sweet. creative it's karma sutra get wild and wacky it's in your room yeah. uh the next one is the crave vesper call mm. that a toy i called that karma sutra with the press of a discreet button. Oh, yes. <laughs> this necklace, this is, this is pretty, pretty neat. With the press of a discreet <laughs> button, the necklace turns into a highly functional vibrator available in silver gold and rose gold. It's also uh, chic enough to wear just as jewelry. Wow. Oh, my. That's quite the secret. You that is a birthday party gift. With your I... necklace on, someone... Another woman compliments. Oh, that's a very nice necklace. Very Where nice. did you get it? <laughs> well, it's nice. They also I got double it as Adam anal beads. I got it at Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lilo Sona. L-E-L-O-S-O-N-A. I'm calling it a Kama Sutra. So did I. Unlike most clitoral vibrators, oh, <laughs> the Lilo Sona uses sonic waves and pulses to push your partner to the brink. The suction sensation resembles... Oral sex, but don't worry. Gifting your girls this sex toy, it won't make them forget about you. Oh, I hope not. That's <laughs> true. Uh, we don't want them to forget about us. We just want them to get out of our face sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> the Indrani. I said Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra. Get onto your back and place your Alrighty. knees against your chest. Fuck, finally. Have your partner <laughs> kneel and enter you. Then you can reach behind him to squeeze his butt, run your fingers across his thighs, or play with yourself. Oh. If you want a better look at him or want more comfort, then you can place a pillow beneath your head for support. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Also sounds fairly doable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, think could... <laughs> I know you guys are very uh, interested about the Catherine Wheel. Yeah, That's I, a toy. I said Kama Sutra. I'm saying toy. Start off by facing each other. Dang it! Oh, thank God. <laughs> Wrap your legs around your person's torso and keep your palms flat against the ground. In the meantime, have him place a leg over your torso and rest his foot on his inner thigh. Then he can begin thrusting while holding on to your legs and hips. Sweet. <laughs> and our final one, loveness. I said Kama Sutra. I said toy. If you're in a long-distance relationship or quarantining without your partner, (laughs) then you should consider getting a long-distance sex toy. This uses Bluetooth functions 
One partner can control the toy from an app a thousand miles away. Wow. That's fun. A thousand miles away. Up right. to a thousand miles away. Up to a thousand miles away. So we're going to uh, take a quick break. You guys will add up all of your points, and we'll see who has the best score. Just to play my worries away You're all things I've got to remember Shying away I'll be coming for you anyway Take on me Take me
great covers on this Tuesday. That is uh, Radio Radio, normally done by Elvis Costello. That being done by Weird Al. And uh, we had Dope ahead of that with uh, their version of You Spin Me Round. And the Northern Kings doing Take On Me. I love that. Man, that arrangement was great. The Northern <laughs> Kings. I'm definitely Yeah, no cheesy keyboard. That's what I love about it. Yeah, boy, the keyboard players really get, uh, they get hammered pretty hard for the little synthesizer sounds that they use, you know. Rightly so. Well, it's just when everybody does that particular song, they yeah. all use a keyboard. So it's Back like, then okay. when AHA recorded that track, there was one keyboard leading the charge <laughs> called the Yamaha DX7. Yeah. And that thing only had about 48 sounds in it. So you unfortunately heard them on every fucking record that came out. Yeah, the 80s keyboard yeah. sounds. The 80s. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not going to, like, bag. I can't bag on the 80s You can't. Much, they have the keytar. I, I, I can't. I can't <laughs> bag on the, the reg. All the reg. Like, that was when electric. I'm a, I'm a guitar player first before I'm a fucking BG. And <laughs> that was when the electric guitar and playing lead guitar, playing solos, was, like, leading the entire music industry, yeah. man. You know, I would have loved to have been playing gigs through all that. Maybe I would have made a little more fucking bread. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been in a bread band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Venture a highway in the sunshine. So, uh, 
what do you do? Are you getting gigs now that things are opening up slowly? I was going to ask slowly? you the same yeah, thing. So, the last couple weeks, I've had some gigs. Um, <coughs> excuse me, Corona. Um, but no, it uh, it's slowed down. I mean, it's not. It's just here and there. Like it's nothing. Yeah. I just happened to get these gigs kind of in a row. Worked at a gig in uh, Utah, Sacramento. Because I mean, before this, I mean, you played everywhere. I'm trying to get you oh, on yeah, the show was, a I, bunch of times, and you've always been it, my working. my schedule before all this was packed solid. Yeah. Now like, is that is that clubs on the road that or is, that is a mixture of club road work, uh, cruise ships. Yeah. Um, did a lot of cruise ships in I, the last couple I, years. I love the ships, dude. Yeah. I yeah. love them. It's it, they pay well, they treat you well. Oh, you hardly work, dude. Yeah, you go out uh-huh. there, you're 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 rock star on the ship when you're done, and yeah. So you know? I have also done enough of that to realize that, like, if we had anything, if either of us had anything coming up on a ship, that industry, poor bastards, have been de- decimated. Uh, they, man. Just, have you uh, heard anything? Nope. I am. It is. I work primarily Royal Caribbean. Yeah. And right now, that's it's one of the good September ones. September fifteenth. Like, we'll see. Mm. I mean, it, it just keeps getting and that pushed could get pushed. Yeah. yeah. It's just that's the same with Chaz. He does Carnival, and right. he was supposed to go back in July, and now they're like, "Yeah, it's on hold." Right. So, so I had a nice July on the books. You yeah. know, I had a really nice July with Australian Bee Gees and a bunch of other great things because you know people are excited to be doing things again. Yep. And of course, we're all chopping at the bit. I don't care about the fucking money, man. Yeah. I don't care. I need this. Like, yeah. I need I to be play. on on no, stage I'm... in public with yep. my buddies. Being you know? in front of a crowd is is something that unless you've done it or do it, you don't really no, get he, it. He's absolutely right. It's a feedback loop between us and a group of people that we, him and I, can't really completely explain. Right. Right. You know, like it's it's just the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. I miss it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I need I, it. I had a nice July on the books, and and look, I understand. Like you know, more testing supplies become available and then all of a sudden we got more cases and then you know okay now we got a mask initiative again i can't sing with a fucking mask on man yeah you know yeah yeah. you can barely talk with it on no i can barely understand anybody especially at the drive-thru you're like it was more difficult to talk to you at a fast food place and then now you've put a mask on yeah you don't understand then they're like what I said was, they pull down their mask, yeah. they tell you what they said, and I'm like, we just defeated all the purpose of why you're wearing the damn yeah, thing. Dude. Or you go to some, and then they have the but, plexiglass, the mask, and you're like, right. oh, okay, look. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, watching restaurants through this whole quarantine has been really interesting. You know, because yeah. people still, they, they don't need to go out and see a comedian or a, or a live band, but they need to fucking eat, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. So watching all these either, like, large international chains or just the places that we all go like javi from pj's man shout out to javi from pj's (laughs) tacos i will see you later today um you know like finding these ways to like entire online ordering programs showing up and apps and shit that were never there before you know um everybody trying to figure out a way to arrange their tables and and or whatever or keep open or just do online stuff curbside whatever the restaurants man should be recognized as some of the heroes of this whole yeah, thing yeah they're man. getting it done we know all these little guys around here and unfortunately god bless them some of them aren't going to fucking make it no. through this i mean yeah. i've already had some of the you know comedy clubs shut down really for good really you know, yeah 
um, an improv Olympic in in Chicago, one of the biggest uh, theater really? shut down for good. You know, they've been around for years. Yeah. And they couldn't make it through this. How about any of the larger... Because when I moved here, there weren't a lot of comedy clubs here. Now, uh, now. Kimmel's thing, the uh, improv or the thing Brad at Harrow's. Garrett's. Brad Garrett's at MGM. Uh, Laugh, Laugh Factory. Factory. Yeah. Laugh Factory, that was it. And yeah. then uh, L.A. Comedy Club is pretty good. L.A. Comedy Club. Yeah. yeah. Um, Those are all in hotels, right? right? Yeah. Okay. And the then there's... Cellar at the, the Cellar. The Cellar, right. That's... Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, there's there were a lot of clubs. I, we'll see what who makes it at the end of all this. I, I went to the cellar in New York to see a couple uh-huh. of friends, and man, I loved it. They have a whole studio upstairs yeah, there, yeah. and they do and podcasts and everything up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and man, I just thoughts and prayers, as cliche as that is, to everybody, especially any any freelancer like us or any small business owner out there. We love you. We miss you. Everybody wants to get back to work. Keep yep. the faith, everybody. Keep it. Yep. Yeah, we'll yeah, be on faith. stages again. For sure. All sure right, that's going to so. do it for us. We're going to get out of here a little All right. Uh, coming up at 3 o'clock is the Rockabilly and Blues Radio Hour. So uh, join Sweet. us for that. And then Danny Wilde is here at tunes. 4 o'clock. So uh, join, him. join him for that. He's always rocking out. And uh, Heath, you finally made it to the show. I did. Thank you for having me, man. And you, uh, I got to go get your gift certificate. I can't wait to see you, buddy. Yeah, can't wait yeah. to see you. I'll be there. Yeah. We'll stay in touch for we'll, sure. We'll yeah. trade some great thing about it. Entertainers have an open door policy. Hey, I'll get you in to come see me. You get me in for to sure. come see you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it, that we, we all do it that way. Yep. Anytime I can comp you, good. If you could pay me back, great. That's how we support each other. That's, so. right. That's exactly right. Shout out to all our fellow performers. All right, uh, that's going to do it. Next Monday is uh, my birthday show, so you're more than Ooh. welcome to come back. We'll be uh, drunk and fun for sure. Sweet. Lots ah. of cool people We're gonna coming in. going to get all hopped in. up on goofballs. Right. There, yeah. you, there you go. Uh, no, lots of cool stuff. Uh, Gemini Burke will be here, the really? son of Solomon Burke. Yeah, wow. The show. Ooh, I'd love to talk to that guy. Yeah, he's got stories, that's for sure. Uh, and more. So uh, join us for that on Monday. And uh, that is it, everybody. Social medias. Uh, yeah, you can follow me. It's just under my name, Heath. Uh, like the candy bar guys, Heath with an H, <laughs> Harmison. I don't. I have to do it. I have to every time. Heath Harmison, uh, and it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My daughter got me on TikTok. I'm doing that shit too. So <laughs> let's just so follow me You're on all dancing that stuff. on TikTok. I'm doing yeah. all the stuff. Sweet. Man. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't taken that plunge yet. Uh. Uh, Matt Baldoni, B-A-L-D-O-N-I. All styles of guitar and singing. Freelancing in Las Vegas, as always. Look me up. Find me on socials. Put up with some very, very radical beliefs that get me fired off gigs all the time. (laughs) When there are gigs. Oh, oh, and the Shut Up Meredith podcast. Oh, yes, that's your podcast. Make sure you check out our podcast. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Me and my wife, we do a podcast, talk about all the extreme people on the planet. Very funny. It's a lot of fun. Is yeah. she yeah. Meredith? Shut Up Meredith. My wife is not Meredith. Okay, right. Believe me, uh, Meredith is a whore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's the worst. You, you yeah. listen to the first episode, you'll understand what a Meredith is. Yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. So there it is. Yeah. And uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Yeah.